Welcome to the Animation Happy Hour, a podcast where we talk about breaking into the animation industry over a couple of drinks. All opinions and views expressed in this podcast are solely our own and are not representative of the companies for whom we work. My name is Ben. My name is Garrett. And my name is Katie. And we are all currently feature film animators. Nice. Yeah. So today we are drinking a lemoncello based cocktail. Ooh. It's basically lemoncello and prosecco. <laughs> And uh, what else is in here? Ice. <laughs> there you go. Lemon soda. Oh it's an important element. Fresh yeah. cut Thank you lemon to slices. Isabel and Garrett for it. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. It's pretty, pretty good. And this cocktail has nothing to do with our topic of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what we felt like drinking. Um, so apologies that we don't have a pun for you, but maybe once we reveal the topic, you all can think of some clever puns for us. (laughs) Message us, please. Yeah. That's right. So without further ado, the topic is, uh, biggest things that surprised us once we started working at a studio. Um, so yeah, I won't, I won't give much more context. We just like Garrett came up with this idea. Thank you, Garrett. And as soon as he said it to us, uh, well, speaking for myself, I just kind of perked up and I thought, (laughs) oh, that sounds fun. Like we should should totally do that. So thank you, Garrett, for coming up with the ideas. Yeah. And I figure with this, we could just, so we, we've all kind of, uh, individually thought of things and we haven't shared it with each other, kind of like our feedback episode. So we could just go kind of one by one uh, talk about it. And um, yeah, uh, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of things that are overlapping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is totally. kind of fun too. Nice. You know? Yeah. So this one might have, you know, might be a little rough around the edges as we we try to make it more conversational, but hopefully it will also be, yeah, maybe we'll have some entertaining surprises <laughs> along yeah, the way see. as well. So yeah, we'll like, see. I would say the one of the biggest things that surprised me when I started working at like a, you know, big studio was how nice people are. And I think mm. we've mm. talked about this before, but like, I always, I feel like there's this perception of like people who are really talented artists, geniuses are just like these like mean, irritable people or something. I don't know. I just had this expectation (laughs) that they'd be like meaner or something, but everyone uh, surprised me with how talented they are as well as how nice and like generous and normal they seemed. But I don't know if you guys have that experience too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Especially um, coming from live action and working at NBC in the page program and that kind of thing. I remember, well, not to knock on live action, but I do remember it being a lot more cutthroat Um, and coming to animation. All of a sudden it seemed like people were way more collaborative. Um, Yeah. Way nicer. And I wonder if it's a self-selecting thing too, because um, to learn any discipline in animation, you absolutely have to receive mentorship. Right. So I feel like everybody who's more senior remembers that, you know, at one point they were junior and they had to be mentored. And so they're like kind of willing to pay it forward. I, I don't know. Do you agree, mm-hmm. Ben? Or Yeah, definitely. I think that's a very good point. Um, and it's just, yeah, so inherently collaborative animation in particular um, that it's tough to be a jerk and, yeah. and do well. And it's actually, it's interesting. I, I do like starting with this one because I think there, Garrett, you were talking about your concerns kind of entering in, in kind of the idea you had in your head initially. Oh, yeah. And I, I think there was a time where that maybe was more prevalent maybe. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i i mm-hmm. think i've heard from multiple people at multiple different studios that there was a time when for whatever reason things were maybe a little more contentious or mm-hmm. you know earlier on when it was maybe the animation cg animation world was a smaller world that maybe that was more of a thing but it, it seems like on you know on the whole like every studio I've been at has talked about like, Oh yeah, things are like getting a lot better now or like now, like being easy to work with is, is valued much more than, you know, it used to be or so. Um, yeah, hopefully that's just something that continues, I guess, as time goes on. Yeah. I wonder, um, if kind of those mean spirited people, I guess, uh, get weeded out a little bit because there Mm -hmm. are so many people who are talented and especially more and more as time goes on, people are getting better and better and it, it, there's just more to pick from and you'd rather work with someone who's mm-hmm. really talented as well as really nice because there are people who t- can do both. You can also yeah. work with someone who's really good and 
like an asshole, but you, why would you want to do that? If you have <laughs> right, your pick? Yeah. So maybe that's part of it too. Cause more people are getting, maybe back then, like it was a rare skill and they had like less to, I don't know. We, yeah. This is not a factual <laughs> thing. So I don't want to like offend it's, anyone. Yeah. It's really interesting to yeah. think about. That and, would be my guess what you just said, but sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just thinking about, um, I feel like I've heard from multiple people that held some kind of leadership position at some point. I'd much rather work with somebody who's inexperienced and um, fun to work with and er, uh, receptive to feedback than somebody who's really, really good, but is kind of a jerk or or won't take feedback or isn't collaborative. So um, it seems like it's, yeah, from the top down, that's a sentiment that people like to carry. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a good it's a good thing that the it seems that you guys agree too that it's like a thing maybe in the animation industry that at least that we've been a part of that people are nice. Like obviously there are exceptions, but it's just a nice I guess not every industry I would imagine is like that. So and maybe we're making massive generalizations. Maybe some people are huge <laughs> I know. It might yeah, it might be studio specific, yeah. who knows? Yeah. But um but yeah, across the whole I feel like I'd be willing to <laughs> This is terrible. If I'd be willing to bet that on average, the animation industry is nicer and more welcoming than live action, but maybe that's... Live action people send your emails. Yeah, I know. I'm like throwing shade, (laughs) but I would still be willing to bet on average. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. To take this into a very practical zone, like I, I think the reason this is valuable to talk about is that like Garrett just said, um, I there probably are, well, there definitely are still exceptions to this rule out there. But if you're in that situation, especially if it's like your first job, you're like, wait, is this just how it is in the industry? The answer is no, that is not just how it is. (laughs) There are people are nice and you don't have to deal with huge jerks. If you, uh, you know, depending, of course, we all know that, you know, specific situations, you could, you know, just need the paycheck and jobs are tough to come by. All the caveats, of course, but definitely still keep looking around if you are in a position like that, because um, I think that is now the minority, I would say. I was so surprised by how I'm going to word this clunkily, so just stick with (laughs) me here, Um, how different and unique working on different projects can feel, even if you're at the same Mm. studio. Oh, that's a good Um, one. So I was going to... It, Actually, I wrote something similar. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, no. totally Did you write agree. it better than what I just no, said? No, <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, it was definitely... So the first like feature film where I was a full-fledged animator was uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. And I have to say, it was super jarring to go from How to Train Your Dragon th- 3 to my next... The second movie I worked on as a full-fledged animator was Abominable. And it was the same studio. um, Probably like 70% of the crew was the same, Mm -hmm. if not more. And it felt like I was working at a completely different (laughs) company. (laughs) And um, I this happens to this day where... This is going to sound more negative than I intend, but I usually go through like a little bit of a depression when I start like a new (laughs) movie just because I'm like... It's a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. resistance to change. Exactly. You get in such a groove on a particular movie or project. And and frankly, this even happened at PSYOP too when um, it was on a much smaller scale. So I'd be on a project for like three weeks and then another project for five weeks. And I have to say, even there working on uh, something for Cricket Wireless versus uh, Uber was night and day. Again, like totally different. It's just by nature of it has a different director or there's a different production person associated with it, a producer or budget, different (laughs) breads. Oh my gosh. It's a huge one. Yes. Yeah. Um, It can have a totally different feel. And I found that like so jarring and surprising initially. Totally. That's a good one. That's definitely been my experience as well, where it's like, how is this the same studio, but it's this. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, it totally varies with, yeah, how much time the show has, what is the budget, who's in charge, and how do they run their team, and, um, like, does the director tend to give first-look approvals, or mm-hmm. do they tend to be a little more picky and then approve on the third or fourth look, and that all have a huge impact, like, how much 
uh, ramp up time did the team have? Did you know? Did the soup team have enough time to build up the pose library or mm-hmm. to develop documentation about the characters or whatever? All of that will totally. The story and like, yeah, where's the story? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has the story changed a million times so it didn't make sense to like make a character talk chalk? We at Disney we call them chalk talks. Um, where the supervisor of a character will kind of talk through the ins and outs and details of a character and their personality and how to pose them, that kind of thing. And if the story is in flux, it doesn't make sense to do that right away. <laughs> so mm-hmm. all of that can, yeah, hugely vary and change the feel of a show and, um, and little things too. Or this isn't a little thing, but like a musical can feel completely oh, yeah. different than um a non-musical um all of that definitely Mm -hmm. and even creatively too not just um necessarily like the the leadership and stuff but they different films can have completely different like priorities like yeah ben Mm -hmm. mentioned dragons Mm -hmm. which was very you know mechanics and like creature and, Mm -hmm. and at least if you're working on the dragons but then you know other movies like abominable it was more focused i feel like on like fun performances and there was some creature stuff with with the yeti Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. it's just it was just very different goals which i think is cool too as an animator when you have to like um you know learn and focus on different things because you feel like nothing's ever the same which is can be good too so yeah it's interesting definitely definitely yeah, variety is the spice of life. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, yeah it, can, it can be a good and bad thing because if you're really enjoying a show, someday it's going to end. But if you're not enjoying a show, <laughs> then gonna... someday it's going to end. And <laughs> you can move on. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'll launch into one, which... Um, hopefully won't come off negative i'm trying to figure out the right way to word this but I'm something so excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> something i was surprised by um and then once i learned it it made total sense was um basically learning how much animation is recycled or how much um mm. comes from a pose library mm, or and also how much tech anim will plus animation. So <laughs> this is all kind of at the expense of animators, which is not <laughs> what I mean to say, but I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit. So I'm um, going into recycled animation and the pose library. I was so intrigued that um, at at Disney, we actually, you know, have access to reusing or recycling every animation that has ever been done since, like, going back to Big Hero 6, basically. <laughs> so I think it's very rare that people start from scratch with a walk cycle. And I think that's pretty standard at other studios, too. The feature film studios probably have some kind of archival library of animations that you can borrow from. Um and it's not say any people just kind of copy paste. I'm sure people build and 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 you can't really cleanly copy and paste a cycle yeah. um, to a completely different body type and expect it to work. But it's a nice starting it point, helps. Yeah. <laughs> and it helps a lot. So I was so intrigued to learn it, like how much animations recycled and kind of Frankensteined um, and put together, cobbled together. And it, and it's not like a knock on animators at all. Like you. It's a really actually important skill to be able to um, sometimes Frankenstein animation together in order to be more efficient, especially maybe you have a scene with 10 characters Mm -hmm. and you just need the background characters to have something going on, but like Mm -hmm. that's not the focus of the shot. So it's important to be able to kind of have some familiarity with the library and what you could reuse there. Um, so yeah, I, I had just kind of assumed going into the industry, everything was from scratch, um, which is not necessarily the case. And I I feel like really quickly, that's why it's so, um, difficult when you're a student coming up with like a real piece, Mm -hmm. I, in some ways, like a, like a piece for your demo reel that in some ways that's harder than doing a production shot because Mm -hmm. in a production shot, you at least have, you have facial poses that you can use. You have cycles that you can, you have things that you can draw from. Whereas if you're just doing a straight alone, like 
piece for your demo reel. You have to come up with everything on yourself. You have to make an interesting story, yeah. interesting character. So I think it's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. You just brought up the pose library, which is really what I also was so interested to learn was, you know, every main character has a very in-depth pose library with hand shapes and facial shapes and brow shapes, mouth shapes, etc. sometimes body poses. And these are like <laughs> very artistically crafted, painstakingly crafted things that the supervisor has made. Um, and they are absolutely shortcuts and they're very important for production from an efficiency standpoint. It is so much faster um, to double click on a, on a fist pose and not have to pose that yourself. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just, for, for the students out there that, you know, are posing everything individually, like it's, I just want you to know that we do have these little shortcuts. So you don't have to like feel bad about comparing yourself oh, yeah. <laughs> to feature level when you see like, you know, a beautiful hand pose or something. But yeah. Um, and then the last piece of this, which I brought up, was um, Tech Anim. So for at Disney, we have a department called Tech Anim, and they handle hair and cloth, but they also handle some things like, um, what would you say, like kind of silhouettes. shaping silhouette yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. like if there's kind of an ugly angle between the neck and the shoulder or something, they might help smooth that out, or if there's a weird... Yeah, a weird shape in an armpit or something like that. They might help kind of smooth it out. So it's not something we as animators necessarily handle, right. but we definitely benefit from on our demo reel mm-hmm. is, is the like tech anim department. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and that was something I didn't realize was not part of animation necessarily. Sometimes it is depending on the production or where you work, but I, I was a PA in Techanum, and I remember being like so surprised by how much cleanup they oh, did, wow. <laughs> and, and really grateful. So, um, yeah, that was my piece. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. A lot of that stuff is pretty specific to Disney, but of, yeah. of course, a, a lot of that happens at a number of studios. But maybe if you're like at a smaller commercial studio or something, not something you would deal with or everybody handles it really differently. But, but yeah, that's all like super, super valid. And, um, one thing I would, you made me think about, Mm. which I think is good to stress, which was, I didn't have this written down, but it was something that kind of was surprising to me when I first started was that I feel like when I was a student, there's a lot of Gosh, there, there's a lot or a lot of things out there <laughs> that are like, and I don't mean to take away from this, but that are very like, don't ever cut any quarters, like, yeah. you, you know, be like a real artist, blah, blah, blah. And absolutely, like, it, but there should be an asterisk with that. And that should all be like, that asterisk should be depending on the situation. Right. And <laughs> because yeah. the reality is, everything costs money and you have to part of being an animator is not or part of it is taking into account the whole you know the budget the timeline for what you're doing so um there are times where absolutely you should be reusing a cycle for this background character because if you're go to your supervisor and you say, Hey, I'm going to be a week late on this shot because I want to do that's this really specific walk for this character. That's like two miles away in this shot. Like Maybe they're going is. to be like, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Like, yeah. Put the cycle. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think, uh, regardless of the studio, whether your, your movie costs $250 million or whether it's a $50,000 commercial or, or whatever, or something you're doing for free, uh, time, effort, all that is an equation that does yeah. matter. And I, I'm glad you brought that up just because that, I mean, that's why it's there. You know, it's yeah. not just because people like cheating. It's it's mm-hmm. to save time and money so you can focus on the things that, that really, really matter, you know, like yeah. the specific acting choices or whatever. It's like picking um, your battles. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like deciding where do I want to spend the time on this shot and I'll try to give another example. Like, um, if I have a shot of two characters talking and one's over the shoulder, like I don't want to spend a lot of time doing a keep alive 
animation on the the character whose shoulder we mm-hmm. see, you know, oh, yeah. and like, great and they're blinking. Yeah. So I'm shameless and will find a shot where somebody else did an over the shoulder shot and sometimes borrow, you know, they had a breath cycle and they had a couple blinks and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to see where this can get me. And maybe I'll shift the timing of the breath or shift the timing of the blink or something. But like, yeah, that's not where I want to spend my time on the shot. I want to spend it on the character who's talking um, right. and is way more visible facing the camera. Yeah. And that happens a lot. That's great. It's not yeah. every shot. I think maybe when you're a student, you think every shot is this like amazing, you know, performance of one character mm-hmm. talking in this perfect <laughs> monologue. But like, there's a lot of shots in a movie. It's, yeah, it's just a character like walking from far away or, yeah. <laughs> or just like, you know, kind of crowd shots. And that happens all the time. So yeah, yeah. super, it's a yeah. good one. It's super useful. That is a really good one. <laughs> um, I feel like mine are like kind of cliche after hearing your, your guys' are no, so no. specific. People no. are nice in the anime. <laughs> the next one's well, a little... You're starting on a very positive note. Very, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I feel like we kind of talked, whatever, we could talk about it for a little bit. I will say that like, for a long time, I had this goal of being at a, a big studio and it was such, I was trying, doing everything I could to to like make it to that point. And you feel like it's this like benchmark in your life and your life's going to just change after you're, <laughs> you get to the studio. And then you're kind of like, okay, you're good, you know? And I would say um, you you never really feel like you've like made it mm-hmm. once you get to mm-hmm. a big studio and you feel like your problems still exist. <laughs> you feel... <laughs> You still feel inadequate, you know, it's sometimes. Yeah. And then, uh, so I would say like, I don't know. Yeah. That just, it's not like a, a flip switches in your life and you feel like validated yeah. as a human being. So don't think that way. <laughs> Man, I can't believe you were caveating that. That's a great one. Like, I, I love that one. Yeah. Did you guys have similar? I think that applies to like so much in life too, where it's like, Oh, if only I had a new car and like <laughs> yeah. whatever, or if only I lost 50 pounds or I, all of these things where it's like these super goal driven, whatever, once you finally get it, it's not like, yeah, it's not like your life is all of a sudden Just on a different level <laughs> and better and we talk about this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is so interesting. I feel like. I don't know what I'm quoting this from or something, but I heard or read something where they're talking about like, you just kind of have this default setting and you'll just kind of almost always be there, (laughs) you know, for like how like happy or stressed of a person you are. And like almost regardless of your circumstances, you'll kind of start to then start coming back to that default after like a few weeks or months or whatever. And of course, there's like huge caveat with this where like, yes, if you're making like $10 an hour working 70 hours a week and then you get a job that pays $40 an hour and you're working, you know, 40 hours a week, huge quality of life improvement. Like, of course. Um, But yeah, definitely like getting to, you know, your dream studio or, or, you know, achieving this position or winning this award or something. I, I feel like everything is so like at best it's like a v- very minuscule incremental like change or something that yeah. you can like look to and be like oh that's great but um I don't know yeah, it, yeah. gosh I just like, I have a few thoughts <laughs> oh go ahead it. yeah like, please bail me out I've I've been listening to this podcast the happiness lab where they like delve into the science of happiness a lot mm. And they, yeah, they talked about what you mentioned where like we kind of have this default base level of happiness. And it's because if we were all super happy and content all the time, it would be a very bad survival method. Like you Mm, have to be uh, able to return to a baseline because mm. you need to be able to react to things that are dangerous or whatever. (laughs) And you need to get hungry again and all of this. Um, And like getting the new job or getting your dream job or whatever, it reminds me of, um, they talk about the science of sort of like lottery winners or whatever, where like you're super happy when you receive the news, but you do kind of return to a baseline. And um, (laughs) what was so interesting was there is a study that showed that lottery winners and people that 
become paralyzed or like lose the use of a limb or something, they both kind of return to the level of happiness they were before that mm. happened to them. Um, so in like yeah. a relatively short time, yeah, right? Like, so yeah. I, like there is sort of a psychological basis for returning to a certain mm. base level of <laughs> yeah. happiness. Um, and I think Ben, you've mentioned before that like you just have to enjoy the process of animating, mm-hmm. um, more than you care about like the job or the accolades or whatever. And, um, that reminds me of, I've been looking recently at extrinsic and intrinsic motivators and where extrinsic is like you're motivated by outward forces, like you're motivated by how people react to you or Mm. money or something like that. Mm. Um, And intrinsic is like you're motivated by how it makes you feel or enjoying it in the Mm. moment. Interesting. not like a job title or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to pay attention to that. And I feel like that really um, calls into that, like, yeah, the dream job versus like, okay, I just enjoy animating. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where you derive value, not from like the studio name. But but of course, I'd be lying if I said the studio name doesn't hold weight with me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I definitely have my moments of enjoying working for Disney, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I just kind of went on a rant. So no, no, that was great. Feel free you, to interject. I'm glad it was a, it was a fruitful one. Uh, <laughs> and this is all like <laughs> so much easier said than done. Like, gosh, yeah. it, it is so tough, but, and this, this is certainly not to, I don't think anybody would take it this way, but I just want to say like, this is not to dissuade like having specific goals and going for them because of course there's like a huge amount of satisfaction from, you know, taking control and kind of like, you know, manifesting your dream or whatever. Um, But yeah, I feel like it's, it's that combined with enjoying the process and just being content and being able to kind of reason yourself through like, being grateful and happy and at peace, yeah. I guess. I Yes. Gosh, it's just, it's tough. Yeah, it's that balance between, yeah, goal seeking, but also enjoying the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't, yeah. yeah. Man, we talk about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, totally. Like enjoying the journey and the process, but not being necessarily becoming complacent, but not allowing being ambitious to ruin the present either. Mm-hmm. So um, it's definitely a line you walk. Totally. Yeah. Something else I, I wrote down was, um, I'm, not, I'm not even sure exactly how to word it, but I, I guess I was surprised by the amount of say responsibility or how you kind of need to be your own advocate mm-hmm. in... Mm-hmm when you're working and this is kind of a weird one to talk about, but (laughs) it's, it covers a lot of things. Um, I kind of, I don't know if I just have like so much like (laughs) faith growing up in like established structures or something to have everything (laughs) figured out. Like, I don't know, but I, and and this is all very abstract, so I'll, I'll try to make it more concrete talking about like when you work somewhere and, uh, say you were just doing like a ton of overtime and stuff. And, I feel like I'm the kind of person that would naturally be like, oh, they see how hard I'm working. They'll like give me a break after oh, this or yeah. they're going to yeah. like. But the reality is whether you're working at a company that's like five people or a thousand people, oftentimes you the the onus is on you to communicate how you're feeling. Yeah. What your goals and ambitions are, yeah. what you need in that moment. Yeah. And that was something that I, I feel kind of silly saying it now, but I was not, that was not on my radar. I just th- felt like, yeah. oh, they, you know, this company has been up and running and doing well for decades. They just got it all figured out. They know exactly how to treat everybody and how much mm-hmm. to push them and pull back and blah, blah, blah. But a ton is on you. And this doesn't yeah. just go to burnout. This could be for anything. Like, if you want to be a supervisor someday or something, it's kind of on you to uh, a lot of times uh, voice that that's a goal of yours and then work with like supervisors or whoever to kind of reach that or uh, to make it more granular if you're an animator and you really want this sort of shot. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if you're on a team with other animators, do not assume that the supervisors or head of animation just kind of pick that up from your work yeah, or something. You have to say that. And I don't know if it's something about me, but sometimes that's very uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because it, it very quickly toes this line of like entitlement, you know, yes. where, <laughs> but there is a way to do that. Uh, that's, that's very productive and healthy without feeling entitled and not only is it a good thing to do, it's something you have to do. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of wanted to bring that up for the group. It's a great one. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can just kind of assume everyone is super busy and everyone's probably for the most part worrying about themselves. Right, <laughs> and nobody's right. really like exactly tracking your career and what exactly you've been cast. And um, yeah, I was... I was talking with our artist manager about this recently, actually, and she she gave a really helpful piece of advice, which was like, yeah, they, people aren't exactly tracking that, and mm. um, it, they might not be super aware that you've had the same kind of shot like six times in a row. <laughs> it, yeah. It's probably just kind of... It happens to be Yeah, that it's way. just kind of the happen... <laughs> or kind of the... Um, the way the Tetris works sometimes is is you're available during a certain time when a certain kind of shot comes up and, and those patterns can develop without anybody being hyper aware of it. So it does certainly benefit you to kind of raise, um, you know, your preferences and that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like you both brought up the fact that it's not really nothing is really necessarily personally going against you. It just yeah. happens to be that way. I feel like when you were talking that I was immediately thinking of um, when I was trying to get promoted uh, from being a, a technical uh, technic TA technical mm -hmm. assistant to the animation department to animator um, or just trying to get a raise in general is like, those are the moments where you have to advocate your to, uh, for yourself in the most like cringy potential ways. And yeah. I just remember feeling <laughs> right. like, why are like, I think I said in another episode, I like asked to get the opening shot of one, a movie. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> in, I felt so like entitled to that. And I was like, why aren't you giving me that? <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it does feel uncomfortable when you're advocating yeah. for yourself. I didn't even think about that with your situation. You're like a perfect example of that. I'm sure specifically when you're going from TA to animator you probably had to be very vocal with like mm -hmm. a yeah. number of people or, or am I wrong? No. Just, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I, for sure. And it, it always feels you have to find the line of like, okay, I want to do my current job really well so that they don't think I'm, yeah. and actually Katie, you same thing with you too, with mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. hopping around and stuff. Like you have to be respectful and do your job well, but also like kind of be that annoying voice, like the, the squeaky wheel yeah. It's like hard to, mm -hmm. it's really hard to do it if you're not that, if you're not like, I guess, confident. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's hard. Yeah. It's difficult. On the flip side with casting, like, I feel like soups like to know what you want to do too, because they, yeah. they want yeah. you to be passionate about your work. And um, so very often they're very receptive to if you voice interest in a certain kind of shot. But that's yeah. true. They're never going to be like, no, you idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're going to be respectful too. And you're not yeah. going to get everything you ask for. Right. You know, yeah. and you, you just have to, uh, not get offended by that. And, uh, you know, but keep constructively asking for what you want, uh, regardless of what that is, whether it's like, can I, you know, Oh, I've had a bunch of really challenging shots. Like, would you mind throwing me a couple softballs if it works out like with this schedule and, uh, or vice versa. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm not being challenged enough. Um, there, you know, there's, there's good ways to do all of these things. It's helpful to have someone that you can kind of send your message to whoever you're going to send before you send it. So they yeah. can like kind of sanity <laughs> yeah. check it, make sure it's not like, uh, I don't know if I would say it like this. Yeah. yeah. Did, was it did you post a meme? Like, gosh, this was a long time ago. And it's like, I forget what it's like. It's like working with your significant other or something. It was a pie chart and it was like 98% oh, yeah. of it was like, can you read this email to make sure it sounds okay yeah. <laughs> or something like that? And like, that's totally yeah. Katie and I are like that all the time yeah, where it's totally. like, okay, I'm going to send this or I'm going to say this. Or, Isn't yeah. it okay? I want to backtrack for a second. Um, 
I said something like nobody's tracking like your career, your casting or something. And I'll backtrack and say like, it's not that people don't care um, or something like that. I think people are just genuinely busy. Um, and maybe, you know, the le- there's like over a hundred animators in a department. So it doesn't make any sense for people to be like hyper aware of, oh, you had this, kind of shot on this movie and this kind of shot on that movie and the past five shots you've had were this kind or whatever. (laughs) So I'm not trying to knock on anyone. Um, It's more like a, yeah, it's your personal responsibility to check your growth and kind of advocate for the ways you want to grow. And um, yeah, so I, I hope that didn't sound too negative in the moment. (laughs) That's good. I definitely didn't take it that way. And it's real. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, we, we, just like asking for a raise is similar where you have to yeah, do all these things. Yeah. 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 And yeah. actually like at the beginning of a project, I feel like the leadership team usually does take a bit of time to ask you what areas you want to grow, which is really nice. Um, yeah. It's great if they do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So yeah, definitely don't be afraid to speak up in that moment, especially. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. It's a good one. Yeah. Very good one. Thank you. The next one I wrote um, is, <laughs> it's a positive one, which was that I've been surprised by how randomly and how commonly opportunities arrive, like huge opportunities, mm. um, and how much luck favors the prepared in mm. our industry. Mm. Like I feel like we've seen people's careers skyrocket because they had a pitch ready Hmm. or they just, you know, were somebody that was always submitting ideas um, and just not like they were pushy or anything, but just, you know, very creative people that were were ready to kind of grow and had an idea and had the right timing. (laughs) So I don't know exactly how to explain this, but things like at, at Disney, there are pitch programs um, that come up and you just see, I feel like we see the same names repeating over and over because mm-hmm. there's somebody who just had ideas ready. Um, and you know, you, <laughs> I'm trying to, I get what's like st- a good metaphor, but like you might shoot a hundred shots mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and you'll make two, but if you make two, that's great. That's yeah. huge. So. Oh, it's that classic Wayne Gretzky thing, right? Which is like, yeah. you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah, uh, that's, right. yeah, exactly. Um, which I know Michael Scott quotes right, in the office. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess, <sighs> I don't know how to phrase yeah, this. That's actually what I know it from, not from hockey. <laughs> but, I don't know how to phrase this, but I've just been like struck by, how accessible that extreme growth seems to be. You know yeah, what I mean? I totally agree. I think I think a little caveat is like if you're in a situation where there are those opportunities. Yeah. But I totally agree with you. I, I think this is a great one to bring up too. Um it kind of goes along with what we were talking about too, yeah. which is like if you're interested in this thing, like kind of just go for it. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm immediately struck by, I'll bring up specific examples, but caveat, we can take this out if we feel like it's best, (laughs) but this person posted about it too. Like Trent Corey is doing great at Disney right now and he, he has directed a number of shorts and, you know, like he, he was regular animator supervisor, but then kind of on the side to did his own thing and developed all these ideas. And what I'm specifically thinking about is uh, he co-directed with Dan Abraham uh, the Olaf uh, short yeah. every, Once Upon a Snowman? Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but I, lo- I think he posted on Instagram that he originally was coming up with ideas for that. Like, it was something like, I have either like four or like seven person. years yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. prior. He had yeah. come up with that. And it was like Katie was saying, where luck favors the prepared there wasn't an opportunity for that when he was doing that. He just knew that was something he was interested in doing yeah. someday. So he was like, well, I'll put together a pitch for this if it ever comes up. And then Disney Plus became a thing yeah. <laughs> and there were opportunities and he had it ready to go and he went for it. And then another example is like um, 
well, Nick Bruno at Blue Sky, I think, was mm-hmm. working there as an animator. Uh, he was not approached by Blue Sky at all to be a director. He just kind of came up with this idea based off the short for Spies in Disguise mm-hmm. that he wanted to do and kind of developed it on his own. And and then I think, lo and behold, a couple movies were canceled or pushed back. And he was there ready with this thing that he had already communicated about multiple times to his superiors. And they were like, hey, we'll give it a shot. And same thing with like you know, Pierre from DreamWorks. Yeah. He has bad guys coming up soon. Like, I, I think it's such a good one to bring up. That uh, yeah, another like dimension to what what you guys are saying too is just the amount of um. It's it's similar to something I wrote. It's like a little bit of a different flavor than what you mm-hmm. said, but it's um, uh, the resources and opportunities at studios can be overwhelmingly awesome, and like that's because <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember like coming from you know some smaller studios and stuff like that just the amount of access you have for yeah like pitch programs you have these like artistic you know classes you can take you have there's educational enhancement things there's like all these things you get access to which i was struck by going to big studios but i in addition to if you're prepared you can your career can skyrocket like you said like all these people you mentioned but yeah yeah, it's a good yeah. one. So go yeah. for it. Go for, go for it. it. Yeah, or if you want like, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody creates a YouTube series and then it becomes a TV show. Like Josh Slice, he did *Lucas yeah. the Spider* and it got bought by oh, Cartoon yeah. Network. Like, that's a great. You example. just have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That reminds yeah. me of my my brother's friend uh, works in LA in film. And I remember they were having a conversation once when my my brother was like, how do you become a director? And he was like, you just start directing, yeah. <laughs> like just make stuff. You just go for it. And yeah, I, sometimes that's so frustrating. Like I was just saying, I, I love like structure and, you know, you, I love like a step-by-step process to something. But for a lot of things, it's like, oh, you just got to do it. Got to go for it and, you know, yeah. shoot your shot when when you have a chance. So one thing that surprised me when I started working for uh, bigger studios was that no one micromanages you mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. as they did, I f- or I, at least in my experience at smaller studios where it was like, <laughs> I had to like ask to go take a lunch sometimes or like, oh, or just have pe- yeah. like bosses look at my computer screen and be like, what are you, you know, doing? And I feel like... um yeah, definitely at places like DreamWorks and Disney, it's more just like you do your thing. And as long as you get your shot done, it doesn't, you can take a break whenever you want. You can go to the bathroom whenever you want. You can eat lunch. <laughs> you can do whatever you do. Just make sure you get the work done. Um, so that was one thing I noticed. I don't that's, know if you felt that that's way. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think I would feel similarly with PSYOP. Not that I, I never felt like it was like problematic, I would say, but I just by nature of it being a smaller team, I felt a little more in the spotlight than you you do at the big companies. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've never really thought about that, but yeah. 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 Like I'm sure listeners would be interested to know that like we can flex our hours to a certain degree. Mm. Like, like you're expected to attend meetings, but, yeah. um, but you could do like generally our base hours are nine to seven, but if you wanted to, you could do 9.30 to 7.30. You could do 8.30 to 6.30. And it's kind of up to you what works mm-hmm. for you. Or or you could take a longer lunch and then work a little later or start a little earlier. And that flexibility is yeah. really nice. Um, yeah. Maybe not something people expect. It's probably yeah. specifically like for artists too. Because production I know has a more like you have to be on, you know, for certain meetings, right? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Um yeah, that ties into something I wrote down, which I don't know how to flip to a positive, but <laughs> I was surprised at, uh, I'll just say it, I was surprised at the lack of organization, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. which is not standard and it is it does vary by production and it certainly varies by um, how under the gun things are or that kind of thing, but... Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, like you'll have a technical problem and you really have to be the one to figure it out or you really yeah. have to be the one to like nudge somebody for a response or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, and 
Yeah, I don't know how to flip that more positively. It's, it's just pure chaos. <laughs> like it's not always chaos, but sometimes it can be like yeah, a little for sure disorganized. <laughs> I yeah, this is it's good you mentioned that one because I had a one that it's similar, which was um like tech things, for instance, yeah. are not figured out as much as you would expect. Yeah. Like yeah. this is specifically like technical stuff, but like. You know, when you're a student, you're like, oh, I'm on a student license. I'm like torrenting this other software. It's not really working. Or like yeah. my rig is like weird. And then you expect things to be just, you know, yeah. perfect and shiny and everything's fast and whatever. And it's not the case. I feel like being totally. handy with tech stuff is useful. Yeah, like every new project, they're building new characters. So there might be some rig issues or maybe like weird speed issues that come up. And yeah. Um, and there might be, yeah, some growing pains as you start a new show or even in the middle of the show because they don't get to, they don't have the time or budget to fix everything. Um, and yeah, it's not to make anybody look bad, but yeah, you totally come in expecting everything to be perfect, but you might have some bumps along the road. <laughs> but yeah, there'll be definitely be times where like you have a specific kind of shot that is tricky for whatever reason, like. I'm thinking of like I I had a shot where Elsa was falling in the air and it was tricky because the camera had to keep up with her, but then the effects also had to keep up with her, but in like real physics time. So I had to be the one to start the conversation between layout and effects, whereas like maybe you kind of would have expected that to already have been figured out in layout or maybe um, production to drive that conversation, but like production is not really aware of what's happening in your Maya scene. And, um, so yeah, that was an example of like, Oh, if I don't start this conversation, like we'll never have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that comes up with like flying shots too, or like dragons oh, are yeah. flying and Raya or whatever. It's hard to describe, but yeah, there are moments where you're like, Oh, no one outside of me is sort of organizing this or aware of what's happening. So I need to be the one to drive this. Yeah. That's, That's great. great. Yeah. I mean that it, it kind of dovetails with a lot of the things we've talked about with like being your own advocate yeah. and yeah. organized chaos. And then Garrett, I forget like what you just said a little bit ago about how you kind of have to take, um, controller. Gosh, I, I don't even know what I'm so I said. sorry. <laughs> we'll rewind and see something Garrett said earlier. But, <laughs> but ultimately, something I I was just uh, oh, you you were talking about the freedom you have at the big studios. Mm. That's what oh, it was. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just a lot is still on you mm-hmm. when when yeah. you're in these positions. So I think studios. Um, I think that's part of the reason in past episodes we've talked about they kind of higher for your brain sometimes more so Mm -hmm. than just how polished your reel is at a particular time because you can't just be like okay i only animate nothing else you have to be a problem solver be able to communicate Mm -hmm. because yeah all kinds of weird you know when you're making weird animated movies all (laughs) kinds of situations are going to come up and it's impossible to preemptively plan for everything yeah so you just kind of have to be able to handle that adversity as it comes and it helps yeah. to be scrappy, I feel like. I like yeah. the people oh, yeah. who really excel, I think, in animation. I'm thinking specifically of like Joe Hallmark. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. way more than just scrappy, but <laughs> right. people who are kind of just able to, t- whatever situation you throw at them, they can figure it out with yeah. like some yeah. weird technical. Self sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. Self sufficiency. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say the flip side of this is like, it's a great industry for go getters. Like, if you want to yeah. write a tool or you know, organize something or, um, create documentation, like go for it Mm. and do it. And your department and the studio will be super receptive and grateful for you to do that. Um, and like, I don't think anybody would stop you. (laughs) Um, it's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, but certainly no guarantees that that's happening outside. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which, which I should caveat to say that like, yeah, studios definitely will have amazing tools and proprietary software that are happening outside of you and are awesome to just have access to. But um, but yeah, you will be struck by moments where things aren't running smoothly um, <laughs> and you just have to learn to navigate that. <laughs> I wonder if part of us get 
we become like divas a little bit. Cause I feel like, <laughs> yeah. cause when I, you know, you start, you work in the industry and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's this proprietary tool. It's so awesome. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. I'm, you know, and then like, as you keep working, something doesn't work and you start flipping out and it's like, a, like my, my constraints not working. What the hell? I have to get a TD to like help me with this. And then maybe that's part of it too. You just get, you're too bougie. <laughs> like yeah. we become too bougie. Yeah. I don't know. I'm speaking just for myself. I'm, I'm like, cause yeah, the tools we have are amazing. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Totally relatable. It's kind of, I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool. It's scary. Yeah. It can be frustrating, but it's also kind of cool because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this big studio that's been around for decades or close to a hundred years really is just like the sum of all these enterprising individuals yeah. who mm-hmm. came together to do, you know, like the reason we've done this thing for the last 10 years is because there was this one woman who worked here who wrote this tool who decided you know and it worked better than anything else so that's why you know and it's based on nothing other than that they took the time to speak up and do it and it's crazy but it's cool i I thought it was such a good point what you said that it's a good industry for go-getters i I totally agree yeah in the in the theme of going for cliche um ones that we've heard a thousand times probably in this no more caveats yours have all been great (laughs) um Everyone always says how small the industry is, uh, yeah. but yeah. I, I said, it's another thing to like really experience it when you go yeah. to a bigger studio and you're oh, like, totally. oh, you know who I worked with? Like at this, like, even if you're working for like a studio that you think like maybe no one like knows that you just, you'd be so surprised like yeah. that, you know, I mean, you guys probably experienced it where people are like, oh yeah, I know that person who works with this person who works with that person. And, um. Yes, yeah, so I'm just here to re- reiterate the cliche <laughs> that the industry is very small. Um, yeah. And it's surprising how small. I wrote down something similar to it, just um, how much movement there is. Like, yeah. It's so constant that there is a trickle of people leaving and a trickle of people coming. Yep. And there is so much movement and it's not uncommon for one person to have five studios on their resume under their belt and, or to leave and come back. There's so much movement and you'll go somewhere and somebody that's been there 12 years is super veteran was a soup, whatever Mm -hmm. decides to leave like a month after you get there. (laughs) (laughs) There is so (laughs) much movement. Um, all the time and and you'll be struck by and this goes back to like what we were talking about with like the dream job and the dream studio like not necessarily being the end all be all like you'll see people leave because they want to be closer to family or they want more time off or maybe they'll go teach because they want to have summers off like yep. i remember <laughs> when we were at scad people that are professors that left the industry we were like why would you leave the industry? Like, this doesn't make any <laughs> yeah. sense. Like, you had, like, an amazing job. Like, why would you ever do that? And now that we're in the industry, we're like, oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, you have a family. <laughs> right. We yeah. work a lot of hours. Like, yeah. And it's a yeah. really high cost of living area. Like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This This feels so especially appropriate right now just i won't get into specifics but it does feel like a time in the industry where there is a lot of movement especially Mm -hmm. right now versus um i mean there's movement all the time but it's very true that or historically the industry has kind of gone through kind of ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. you know yeah um and right now things just seem (laughs) crazy and i thought i loved what you said about you know like you started a company and then like the industry veteran or like that the veteran (laughs) that leaves I feel like that's happening right now where like yeah. there there's people who like I associated with each studio. I'm like, oh my gosh, that person is Pixar. That person is <laughs> yeah. this studio. And now all of a sudden they're working together at a third party studio. Like, what is happening? Like, Wait, yeah. what? It's like, yeah. But yeah. And gosh, yeah. And that's how just, the industry gets small, I guess, is because yeah. there's so much movement. Yeah. Then everyone's like, oh yeah, I knew that guy or that girl. Yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. We're all one degree removed from everybody. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Maybe it's, yeah. is it like, I wonder if it's specifically LA or it's like mm. all over. I guess it, I have, I've had experiences with both people knowing people from the East Coast and stuff, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure the Vancouver industry, I would love to learn more about that, the movement over there, but. Yeah. I mean, even like, 
We know a ton of people who worked at Ilion in Spain who then went to different studios and then met up at the same studio and some people went back to Ilion. Like, it really does feel like, like I'm sure there's more of it because we're in LA and we see it a lot, but it definitely seems worldwide, you know, if you're in Canada or at this studio and illumination in France and, you know, it's not uncommon still to be like, oh, you worked with so-and-so, they used to be here and it's crazy. Or Fortiche in France, the Arcane studio, a lot of DreamWorks people went there. Oh Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, A great example. Yeah. 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 The next one I wrote down was actually related. It's not, (laughs) it's not particularly articulate, but I wrote down, I was surprised by both the stability and instability of the industry. That's a great one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so great. I'm surprised to learn about people who have been at the same company for 30 years, 40 years, and you're like, oh, wow, like that's a real thing. Somebody could stay at the same company for their whole career. Um, and, and that's, you know, the end of story. And then, <laughs> um, and then I'm surprised by also people who really were put through the rigmarole and they, you know, were a temp at this company for a few months and then they moved across the country and were a temp here. And then they moved to Canada and were a temp here and like really did have to string together like job after job and had really bad luck with timing because of XYZ projects getting canceled. Um, so you definitely see both extremes and I found both of them surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And with, I think this goes hand in hand with um, something we, we've touched on before is that how chaotic uh, careers can be too. Where yeah. Like yeah. somebody you, I mean, depending how a career goes, you can have a supervisor kind of directing an intern and then fast forward five years and that intern is a head of animation and the supervisor is a regular animator <laughs> or like, I just like all over the place. It's, it's incredible. Um, again, how small the world is, how unstable and ever changing yeah. things are. So yeah, gosh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, elaborate on the stability for a bit too. Like, like we, us three y'all recently got staff positions, which means we don't have end dates um, and I don't know that I ever really expected that. Like as a student, I maybe only thought like it would be contract after contract. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that staff necessarily existed. Um, like I don't know that I was certain that I would get benefits ever or mm-hmm. even like pension. Mm-hmm. Like through our union, we mm-hmm. get a pension, which is sort of unheard of these days. Mm-hmm. And that's a level yeah. of stability that like I still didn't necessarily expect so it certainly certainly goes both ways yeah 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 Yeah. the stability i feel like is probably surprising to a lot of like yeah maybe parents who think that yeah being in animation or art is just this like weird you know you're painting and like they they don't know they don't (laughs) know necessarily that people this is a very much a nine to five job like it's a very like you go to a place you work well not anymore but hypothetically (laughs) you go to a place work and then you know, you come back and you you have your pension and health insurance. I, yeah. I think a lot of probably older people who are less or more ignorant about that don't understand that it is like a real job. It can job. be. It can be. Yeah. 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 Or it's very unstable, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, my point is there's both in this yeah. industry. So, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a great one. Yeah. Very good. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, the way I wrote this stuff in my notes is so cringy. No, no, I'm going to just okay. say it verbatim. Do it. Being surrounded by such talent is an exciting and terrifying thing. Yes. Exclamation point. That's a great that's one. A great okay, one. maybe I'm being too self-deprecating because <laughs> you guys are reacting well to it. No, this is good. This is really um, good. I would say, like, on the positive side of that, it's pretty remarkable being surrounded by like yeah. such talent. Everyone is, if I speak just to the animation department, like you see other people's work and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Let me frame through Ben's shot. Let me frame through Katie's shot and like look and like oh, see gosh, what I can learn. For saying us. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just like you, it's hard not to get better in an environment where yeah. everyone around you is so yeah. good. Um, on the flip side, you know, it's terrifying because you constantly wonder, you know, you're like, am I good enough? Like, or like I'm comparing myself to this person or 
you know, there's, there's two sides to it. I think overall it's a good thing because it's like, you're going to push yourself, but yeah, but, uh, it's, it's surprising because when you're at a big studio, there's so many people there. It's not just like, and they're all really, really good people, (laughs) really talented at what they're doing. So, yeah. 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 It certainly like can be paralyzing, um, just in that, you know, the risk of comparing yourself and assuming you're having imposter syndrome and feeling like you don't belong. Um, but you just have to like go back to the basics of like, okay, like it doesn't make sense to compare myself to somebody who has 15 years more experience. Like I can only compare myself to myself and track my improvement over time. Am I improving question mark? Yes. Yes. I am improving. If I look at my work a year ago, like I am better now. And that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. you said, just like letting yourself get inspired by it. And I do think you like just learn by exposure. Like you were saying, For like sure. you're just a sponge because you just see good work. Like you, and you develop an eye for mm-hmm. appeal by being around animators that are really good at doing appeal <laughs> yeah. and like that kind of thing. It's true. Totally agree. It's we talk about it all the time. It's such a fine line between inspiration and um, discouragement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. You you definitely need to know when to like shut it off and and just like Katie said, compare to yourself to where you were one year ago versus five years ago or whatever. Yeah. Because you know, obviously, you progress in all kinds of weird different ways. Um, but yeah, that's huge. I do think just being around good stuff is so beneficial i feel like one of the biggest jumps i experienced skill wise when i was still in school it was um when i interned at leica and it was absolutely not because i was doing these like really hefty shots that were mm-hmm. really insightful and educational i was doing very very simple things but i was framing through these incredible yeah. um like stop motion animators work Mm. And I would see how they're handling things. And I I remember just being in awe of it. And I was just yeah. like, oh, my God, like that walk just feels like a person walking. Like it doesn't mm. look like an overlappy animation-y thing. It just looks <laughs> like that character's walking by there. And it sounds so basic. But, um, mm. yeah, it is amazing how, how much just exposing yourself, getting, you know, just yeah taking in that uh, good work uh, how beneficial that can be yeah and take advantage of it too if you're if you have the privilege of yeah being able to see really really good people's work just look at it frame through it and try to get inspired and not depressed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 definitely sometimes easier said than done but <laughs> i know very just much keep going. most yeah. of the time easier said than done yeah. <laughs> We're just telling you things that we don't do, but we want us, we want <laughs> to do ourselves. That's right. Yeah. Tip So I have a tip, which it's not like a nitty gritty Maya tip or anything. And this is something that I need to practice and do myself. And the I really tip- hope it's like water your succulents <laughs> or something. I, don't, I just, my mind is going crazy. Yeah, drink like- drink um, two liters of water. <laughs> no. I mean, that would be good. No, so this is, okay, I think we've all experienced getting really frustrated while animating or, or whatever it is on the computer mm-hmm. and you hit your wall and you hit your limit where you like literally want to smash the keyboard or <laughs> delete everything Whatever it is, you just, you know, you hit your boiling point and you really are angry. And my tip is just walk away. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's good. That's great. Go on a walk, exercise, take a break and chill out because you're not going to be productive in that mindset. Um, That's a great one. And you like maybe you have a deadline and you're freaking out and you feel like you can't lose any time, but you just have to mentally reset. Like you're just not going to be thinking straight. Um, I, I'm preaching to myself because I'm guilty of hitting my boiling point more often than I'd like to admit. Likewise. Um, just, you know, the process of animation can be frustrating. And if you're um, under the gun, you feel like you can't lose any time, but the reality of reality of it is you're going to be so much 
you know, more mentally healthy or more productive if you just walk away. And very often the moment you walk away is the moment you think of a better way to do something or a better solution or you cool off and think, you know what, I'm going to reach out to the supervisor for help and let them know I'm struggling or whatever it is. So totally normal to hit your boiling point, totally normal to sometimes want to throw something at the computer. <laughs> but when you, when you hit that point, just walk away, walk away. <laughs> such a good point. And I feel like when you're in those moments, the last thing you want to do is walk away. Cause yeah. you're like, I need to, totally. like, I want to solve this problem. Yeah. Like I need to solve this problem. I know it's not working, but I like know I can do it, blah, blah, blah. And you get into this like, you know, thing, yeah. but it's so important to walk away. And like, usually, yeah, like you said, when I, whenever I come, like I walk away, like for like a day and I come back the yeah. next day and I look at it, I immediately solve the problem. Like, yeah. and it wasn't even that hard or, or I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll talk to my supervisor. So I'm just yeah. repeating what you're saying, but I think that's really, really good. I think that it's a really good. good one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Very good. Okay. Yeah. That one is fantastic. That was and a good one. Garrett, I think your addition was great too. Cause it's usually the last thing you want to do. Yeah. You just want to keep wrestling with it. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. But thank you, KDK. Great tip. So <laughs> it is that part of the episode, the most except why you're all listening, where we announce the winner of our monthly a t-shirt Woo-hoo! contest. Woo-hoo! <laughs> so this is something that Katie started recently and Garrett and I left it too. Oh, <laughs> so thanks. every month we are choosing yes. a random review and from uh, iTunes. Yes, or right? Apple or podcast. podcast. Yep. From, I don't even know if iTunes from, is still a thing. But Are you yeah. serious? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I think it's wow. like all the same it, like, thing. Evolved. I have some Googling yeah. to do after this. Um, <laughs> but uh, So this month we're choosing this review from uh, Mario Moto. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing Thank that, you. but I, I love it. Yeah. It's a great review. It goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. Dash. Take it from someone not even in the industry. These people are fantastic podcasters who explore all corners of the animation world, all while making you laugh. And teaching you a thing or two about punny cocktail names. Winky face. Winky <laughs> smiley face. Yeah. I hate to admit this because it's totally embarrassing, but it really feels like these people become your friends who you'll get so excited to see or hear on the first of each month. Aww. Not Thank- embarrassing. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Thank you so much for keeping the show going and can't wait for what's to come next. Mario Moto, thank, thank you, you so you. much. We are your friends. Yes, thank <laughs> You're you. You're our friend too. <laughs> yes, please reach out to us. At, the best way is either through our Instagram, message us, or um, email us at animationhappyhour at gmail.com. Is that, yes. that's our email? That is it. <laughs> yes. And uh, get in contact and we will send you a beautiful t-shirt of your choosing or tank top they have those too i think that's an option yeah. that is. whatever yeah, you're if feeling you were Mario holding Moto. back from reviewing because you wanted a tank top and a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> don't let that be the cause good. funny addition katie k that was oh, good good job good tip good addition but yeah congrats mario moto thank you so much for the review thank and please you. listeners uh don't hesitate to leave us a review you might have a sweet t-shirt coming your way I will say that about wraps up the Animation Happy Hour. This has been Garrett, Katie, and Ben. Thanks for listening and happy animation.